Welcome to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast where we dismantle the media misinformation that floods our news feeds all week long. The media tries to mislead you literally every day, but each episode of this podcast will leave you more equipped to correctly interpret the news and spot their deception quicker than before. This is Luke Taylor, an austere religious scholar who will be your host in this spicy edition of Fake News. I'm going to throw out a question, and unless your memory is like really, really good, I bet you won't remember this. Who was it that invented the term fake news? Or at least, who was the first significant person to use that term? Well, I would say, you know, 90, 95% of people out there would point to former President Donald Trump as the person who made fake news a thing. But actually, did you know Trump did not invent the term fake news? It was actually Hillary Clinton. During the 2016 election, uh, Trump had this really combative relationship with the press, and it continues to this day. But when Hillary Clinton could not explain why she lost that election in 2016, she blamed something that she called fake news. And it was a pretty good line because everybody knows that the news is fake. Nobody trusts the media anymore. The trust in the media as compared to what it was 10 years ago, it's dismal. And everybody knows that, Democrat and Republican. But when Hillary lost, she blamed fake news. And then two days after that, Trump started using the term. And then when Trump started using the term, Democrats clutched their pearls. They said, how can you call the news fake? You're such a fascist. This is a threat to our democracy. You're orange Hitler. Wah, wah, wah. But it wasn't Trump who invented it. And I, I wouldn't even say Hillary technically invented it, but she was the first person to use that term uh, in a, in a, uh, as a prominent person. And she popularized it. Um, but just like the presidency, Donald Trump stole it away from her. He snatched it right out of her hands. And now he's credited most of the time with the invention of that term, fake news. And it's kind of stuck to him. It's, it goes with his brand. His brand as a politician has always included fighting the press. It's probably why he got the edge and won the presidency, um, because everybody hates the press and everybody knows that they constantly lie. In my year and a half of doing this podcast, in which it's about covering the lies of the media, I've never had a single person argue with me on this and say, oh, no, 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 no. The media is actually honest. I've never had that experience because everybody knows the media lies all the time. And whenever it's Trump versus the media, that pushes a lot of people into having sympathy with Trump. And unlike the past Republicans who would often cower and apologize whenever the press came after them, Trump would always stand up and fight back. And it gave him an edge over the rest of the Republicans in the pack, which is why I think he dominated in that 2016 primary in which there were like over a dozen other Republicans fighting against him, but he plowed right through all of them. And a lot of that is because he was not afraid of the press like the typical Republican had been. And so I bring all that up to say this. After years of fighting with the press, lately, have you noticed that Trump has teamed up with them? Donald Trump is doing a CNN town hall um, he's doing a, He's doing a town hall with CNN. Now, he has called CNN fake news for years. He's constantly used the phrase, CNN is fake news. And yet he has decided to buddy up with them and do a town hall uh, on their network, you know, where they're going to control the whole narrative, the questions, all that stuff. But yet they are teaming up now. Why is Trump teaming up 
with the liberal fake news media like CNN. Because the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Trump's enemy is Ron DeSantis. And the Democrat media hates, 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 hates Ron DeSantis. And so Trump has happily joined forces with them if this is what it takes to attack Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who has been doing an amazing job the past few years. I am pretty sickened by this. Um, I, I mean, it's obvious because Trump feels threatened by Ron DeSantis even entering the primaries. And as of right now, I don't know if it'll be this way by the time you hear this. Um, but as of right now, Ron DeSantis hasn't even declared he's running in the primaries. We all know he's probably going to. Trump is so threatened by him that he has decided to make his whole campaign not about President Biden, not about uh, all the terrible stuff going on right now. It's all about what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida, just as if you would turn on a, a Washington Post, you know, their front page most of the time is going to have some story attacking Ron DeSantis. Trump shows no loyalty to his fellow Republicans. He will throw you under the bus at any time that it becomes convenient for him. And as I said, right now, he's turned all his firepower on the most prolific and impressive and effective Republican governor in the United States of America. You remember when Trump let Fauci shut down the country? DeSantis opened his state back up. Do you remember, remember whenever Trump let Democrats rejigger our elections in 2020? DeSantis made his state redder than ever. Florida went from what was a purple state a few years ago to a bloodbath for Democrats in 2020 and in 2022. Do you remember back whenever Trump got mad and he blamed pro-life people for how the 2022 midterms turned out? Well, Ron DeSantis just passed a heartbeat bill to limit abortion even more in Florida. Ron DeSantis is getting it done. He's doing the things that Trump either couldn't or wouldn't do, and he's doing it all effectively. This past weekend, just to use one example here, this past weekend, Trump opened a golf course in Scotland. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis signed the death penalty into law for child rapists in Florida. Now, I look at those two scenarios. I'm like, what do you want for your country, Americans, for you Republicans out there? Which one of those people would you rather have leading your country? I mean, why would someone even open a golf course in Scotland? The whole country already looks like a giant golf course. Oh, good grief. There's nothing impressive about putting a golf course on a country that is literally made out of AstroTurf, okay? The, the achievement there would be putting something in Scotland that didn't look like a golf course. This is what Trump is busy with right now, uh, in addition to attacking Ron DeSantis at every turn, while Ron DeSantis is leading and doing the job of an effective Republican leader. What even, uh, you know, however many Republican governors we got in the country, none of them are doing what Ron DeSantis is doing. What has Trump been up to lately? Well, he's really trying to make this label stick of Ron DeSanctimonious. Why does he call Ron... Or why does he call him DeSantis? Ron DeSanctimonious. Because Ron DeSantis thinks he has this crazy notion that it's bad to mutilate children. Sanctimonious means that you are being morally superior or making a show of being morally superior to other people. And that's what's wrong with Ron for Donald Trump. That, that Ron DeSantis thinks his brand of morality is better because he doesn't want to cut up children. And to President Trump, that is sanctimonious. Now, when you hear that, does that, doesn't that say more about 
Trump than it does about Ron DeSantis. <laughs> right now, Minnesota, as I speak, this is what's going on in Minnesota right now in their in their state legislature. They have added a provision to their omnibus bill that they're trying to pass right now that redefines sexual orientation to include pedophilia. Right now over in Minnesota, they're trying to legitimize pedophiles as a protected class, just like um, homosexuals and transgender people, LGBT people, are are covered under their um, non-discrimination laws and all that. They are now trying to redefine sexual orientation in their state legislature to also include minor attracted persons, a.k.a. maps or pedophiles, as I would like to call them. And this comes right after a United Nations report has just come out that says children can give consent. It's like I've been telling you on this podcast for uh, for a while now. The elites on a on a global scale are trying to normalize pedophilia. That's like the next step for for whatever reason after this LGBT stuff. And now they're plus blah 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 everything after LGBT. I just stop at LGBT. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even go to the Q or the plus sign or all that other junk. But they have decided that it's not enough to stop at the T. They want to put pedophiles in there, too. So listen, guys, I think that that's wrong. You know, call me old fashioned. I think it is wrong to try to normalize pedophilia, to destigmatize pedophilia, to try to consider them a protected class in our country. OK, let me ask you. Let me ask you. I think that's wrong. I'm assuming if you're listening that you think it's wrong. So just let me ask you right now, do you want a president who will stand up against that? Or do you want a president who thinks opposing that stuff is sanctimonious? That's the choices that we have right now as we enter this primary season where it's Trump and DeSantis. Do you want a president who stands up against that junk, who's already proven himself to be someone who stands up to that to that junk? Or do you want a president who thinks it's sanctimonious to oppose that junk. And then uh, you might have seen this too, that Donald Trump used an old a debunked fake news attack from years ago that suggested that Ron DeSantis was partying with, with high school girls at, you know, at some party years and years ago when Ron DeSantis was in college. Okay, This was an attack that the left-wing media had already tried against DeSantis years ago, and Trump is dusting it off because he, he thinks he needs to pull it out too because he's going to throw whatever he can at Ron DeSantis to try to win this primary, just like he tried to destroy Ted Cruz and said, you know, Ted Cruz is Canadian. Ted Cruz is, is not a real American. Ted Cruz's dad tried to kill JFK. Trump said all this wild stuff years ago to win that primary. That was the stuff that made me not vote for Trump in, in you know, at all in that election. I didn't vote for Trump in 2016, not even in the general election. I just, I, I was too sickened by him and the junk that he was pulling. I was too turned off by it. I wasn't even going to go vote for him. He's pretty much got me there again right now for whatever happens in 2024. Uh, Ron DeSantis thinks that we need to make revisions to Social Security and Medicare because those budgets are going to run out in a few years if changes are not made to them. And yet, every time a Republican starts to talk about this, the Democrats sit their hair on fire and they tell senior citizens, oh my goodness, Republicans are trying to take away your Social Security. Well, now Ron DeSantis has been saying that, you know, because it's a Republican talking point to try to be fiscally responsible. And Donald Trump is doing the same thing, playing from the same playbook, telling voters 
Ron DeSantis wants to take away their social security from old people. He's taking this Democrat talking point and he's made it into a Trump talking point. Uh, here's the Washington Examiner's Byron York talking about this uh, as he was interviewed, interviewed on Fox News recently. Moving on now, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis unleashing another round of fireworks on Disney today. This is a super PAC supporting DeSantis, launched a national ad campaign over the weekend directly attacking former President Trump. The new ad is the latest sign that the Florida governor is getting ready to jump into the race in what could be a very heated fight for the Republican nomination. Let's bring in Byron York, chief political correspondent for the Washington Examiner and, of course, a Fox News contributor. So... DeSantis has said that he wants to wait until after the Florida legislative session is over. Meantime, he is fighting to forestall any more endorsements among the Florida congressional delegation for Donald Trump. So far, four Donalds, Gates, Luna and Mills have gone for Trump. The longer he waits, the harder it's going to be. Yeah, I think this plan of waiting till May, maybe even June, uh, did not take into account how much Trump would be attacking DeSantis. And whether DeSantis would uh, uh, respond with a full bore of attack of his own or just kind of try to ignore it, you just, in politics, you really just can't quite ignore it. Uh, the problem is the hardest job in politics is running against Donald Trump in a Republican primary. Here's the big thing. You're, you're trying to appeal to Republican voters. You have to tell them that you really support and respect what Trump did in office. He did a great job in office. And then you have to say, but it's time to move on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Trump is saying, wait a minute, here I am. Apart I'll from all again. that, here's what we do differently. Exactly. So DeSantis so far has tried to fly above the fray when it comes to responding to attacks on him from former President Trump. But the PACs who are supporting DeSantis are out there full froth. Watch this new ad. We're not going to mess with Social Security as Republicans. What did Trump say? Entitlements ever be on your plan. At some point, they will be. We will take a look at that. Trump should fight Democrats, not lie about Governor DeSantis. What happened to Donald Trump? So the group that put that ad on is called Never Back Down, yeah. which is a question for Ron DeSantis. If he doesn't jump into the primary, will that be seen as backing down? Well, I think so. I, th I think DeSantis is... Everything he's doing looks like a run. And if he, all of a sudden he says, you know, I've decided I just want to concentrate on being governor of Florida, of course that would look like backing down. I thought that was a very, very conventional attack ad uh, that they did. It does point out that uh, in attacking other candidates, specifically DeSantis, Trump really sounds like a Democrat say, accusing them of wanting to cut Medicare and cut Social Security, which is uh, precisely the sort of entitlement reform that a lot of Republicans have supported uh, over Yeah, time. but nobody's going to run on entitlement reform in 2024. Not going not gonna, to uh, happen now, but Trump really, he, he, he almost looks like the uh, push grandmother off the cliff in the wheelchair ad. Um, on the other hand, this looks like a very conventional ad when you say Donald Trump is lying about Republicans. Mm. That is going to grate on a lot of Republican ears. So let's go to full screen uh, uh, number three here because we want to look at the numbers. Donald Trump, according to a Reuters Ipsos poll, came out on April the 7th, remains the odds on favorite. Fit Donald Trump sounds like a Democrat. Donald Trump sounds like one of these media liars. Why is Trump doing it? He will do whatever it takes to win. He does no loyalty to conservatism. He has no loyalty to Republicans, his Republicans who have supported him for years. Guys, I, I am once again asking you, can we move on from Donald Trump for 2024? I don't like seeing the country on, in, on fire. 
I don't like seeing Republicans lose. Ever since Donald Trump won in 2016, Republicans lost in 2018, in 2020, in 2022. I don't want to see him lose again in 2024. Is that what you want? Do you love Trump so much that you just want to push him forward in the primary so you can watch him go down in flames again in 2024? Like, do you love Trump so much? Do you love looking at Trump so much you want to watch him even if you're watching him lose? Or would you just like to move on and let somebody else have a chance? Do we need to do three? Do we need to do three presidential elections in a row about one guy? Do we need to one guy who loves making it all about him? Is that what you want? Ron DeSantis shut down the beaches in March of 2020 because of COVID. That was reasonable back then because that was the first month of the pandemic here in the United States of America. And we had no idea what was going on yet. Now, today, Trump is attacking DeSantis for that. He's attacking DeSantis for shutting down the beaches in March of 2020. Does he forget that he shut down the whole country for months in the year of 2020? Trump handed the country over to Fauci and said, we're going to praise Fauci and do whatever Fauci wants. He did that for, he did that for months in 2020. He's trying to act like DeSantis was the bad guy for shutting down the beaches in March. Trump shut down the whole country. DeSantis was much more resistant to Fauci than Trump was. What is the media's role in all this? That's what I'm also talking about today. The media, in case you haven't noticed, in case you haven't seen the CNN town hall by now, they are all in on this idea of pushing Trump instead of DeSantis in the primaries. The media hates DeSantis. They are terrified of DeSantis running against Biden. They're terrified of him potentially becoming president. If Trump is the nominee, Biden doesn't even have to campaign. He he can nap in his basement for another election while Trump gets all the attention and the media does Biden's work for him. Trump was charged with the Stormy Daniels thing here recently, okay? No pun intended here, but it was trumped up charges, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like almost they, they made the word trumped up charges just for Trump because they took this really stupid thing that's not going to stick and they charged Donald Trump with it and had him arraigned in court. This was like a month ago. When they did that, Trump's ratings among Republicans, they skyrocketed. Why did they? Why did the Democrats do that? Is it because they really don't want Trump to win next year? No, they did this knowing that Trump was going to become more popular amongst Republicans if they charged him with a crime, especially if they charged him with such a flimsy crime. They are manipulating you. They knew it was going to help Trump in the polls. That is what they want. They want Trump versus Biden round two. Why did they want that? Because they already won Trump versus Biden round one. So they want a rematch. That's much better of an option to them than doing uh, Biden versus DeSantis. It's much better if they do Biden versus Trump. They are manipulating you. Why do you think they scheduled Trump's hearing on this case? They delayed it until January, or sorry, December of this year, okay? Months and months and months from now, they scheduled it, his hearing, for December of this year. I'm telling you right now why that is. So by the time we get to, to December, you can understand they are trying to give him a big boost in the polls right before the primary start up in January. This is all a media manipulation, guys. They are manipulating you. After this stuff went down last month, I saw a guy say, say on Twitter, he says, well, I was always a DeSantis fan before, but now that they're trying to charge Trump with a crime, I'm voting for him just to show that they can't push us around. I'm like, no, that's exactly what they want. <laughs> you're, you're playing right into their hands. 
This is how the Democrats are manipulating you. And Trump is right there with it. He's using this to fundraise. He couldn't be happier that they're charging him with this stuff. He couldn't be happier to go up there and turn himself in at New York because he wants this. He knows this is going to help him get the edge over DeSantis. They are all working together on this thing to manipulate you. These attacks from Trump against DeSantis are so bogus and stupid, and they're liberal attacks. Rolling Stone had a report. I know Rolling Stone is fake news. This couldn't. This might not be true, for all I know, but it sure sounds true. A Trump advisor told someone at the Rolling Stone, they said, uh, here's what their report said. Trump advisor says regarding Ron DeSantis, Team Trump doesn't just want to beat him. Team Trump wants to humiliate him more than maybe they've ever wanted to humiliate anybody on a national stage. <laughs> okay? They, he wants to destroy Ron DeSantis's career because Ron DeSantis doesn't just want to, like, roll over and let Trump wa- have whatever he wants. He doesn't want to, you know, Ron DeSantis, I'm sure, yeah, he wants to win too. He's providing an actual choice to Republicans. Aren't we supposed to get a choice? Isn't that what the primary is all about? Okay, all he he's going to give them a choice. Donald Trump doesn't want a choice. He thinks he just is owed this. He's entitled to it. That all the other Republicans should just not even try. That they're bad guys if they even try to to overthrow him. They should just roll over and let him do whatever he wants. That's what Trump thinks of fellow Republicans who stand up to him. Okay, he wants to destroy their career and humiliate them more than he's ever. More than any Democrat, apparently, okay? Which, if you look at Trump's, his truths on Truth Social, okay? Thank goodness nobody sees them because they're on Truth Social. But if you look at his attitude over there, all he does is sit around stewing about Ron DeSantis all day long. This is what Trump thinks of fellow Republicans. Look, guys, I'm 33, okay? And to give you my perspective as a 33-year-old, as someone who, like, is a little bit in touch with what other 33-year-olds think, People who are my age hate Trump, okay? People who are, you know, 33 and below, they hate Donald Trump. Now, me, I could get behind a lot of things he did. By the time we got to 2020, I felt that he had finally earned my vote. But when I see this stuff from him, I, you know, all this stuff about him just whining about DeSantis all day, doesn't seem to have any loyalty to conservatism or Republicans. Look, look I hate this stuff from him. I can't speak for everybody my age, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know how I could go to another 33-year-old and provide any kind of defense of Trump or try to encourage them to vote for him whenever he goes around acting like this, like a baby, okay? I could not go to somebody my age and be like, hey, you know, you should vote for Trump because of blah, blah, blah. I can't enthusiastically support anybody who's this petty and childish, and that's a bummer for me because I would actually like to have a leader that I can respect and cheer for. Am I some DeSantis fanboy who just, you know, thinks it's it's terrible that anyone would attack him? Look, I don't really care if it's DeSantis. I don't care if it's, I, there's a bunch of Republicans I would love to see. I like that, you know, this Vivek Ramaswamy, I, I think he's looking pretty good. Uh, there's a lot of Republicans out there I would love to see be the nominee next year. I think Trump's time is done and I'm, I'm just sick and tired of him. And I'm like, <laughs> once again, asking you guys, Rally behind, doesn't have to be DeSantis. Rally behind someone, okay? I just think we need to move on past the Trump thing if we actually want to have a chance next year. Um, I saw this tweet. Um, this is from Dave Reboy. He's someone who's commenting on this. Donald Trump on Truth Social shared an article attacking Ron DeSantis that came from Joy Reid, okay? Joy Reid. 
the massive clown over there on MSDNC, she's a, she's a complete hoaxer and liar, a complete race baiter, a complete moron. I played her lots of times on this podcast, just the stupid stuff that she says. Donald Trump is tweeting out her articles because they attack Ron DeSantis, even though he knows they're slanted and not true. He doesn't care. He knows the stuff he's saying is not true. He's calling Ron DeSantis secretly gay on his true social a while back. People like me are tired of this stuff, guys. Can we, I'm once again asking you, can we move on from Donald Trump and let someone else lead the party? Doesn't have to be DeSantis, but someone else, someone who doesn't act like this, someone we can enthusiastically support. Like if I, I don't, you know, I'm leaning towards not voting for Trump at all, but after the way he's been acting lately, I'm leaning towards not voting for him at all next year because I can't stand seeing this stuff anymore makes me not even want to identify as a Republican. Like, you know, if I was going to vote for Trump, I just wouldn't even tell anybody. It's too embarrassing. Like, it's just, it's... I don't want it to be that way, okay? I'm just speaking to you from my heart, and I don't see that the math is there, that even if he did win the Republican nomination, that he could beat President Biden. I don't see the math being there. Uh, if you just look at the swing states and where they are, the swing states hate Trump. He has only lost popularity in the swing states. The The midterms that we just had, back this up, things have not changed. The swing states are still leaning Democrat whenever it's Biden versus Trump. So the math just doesn't look like it's there, guys. Okay? Trump already lost those states last time. What has he done to gain those states this time? Absolutely nothing. It's been three years now. He hasn't done anything to gain those votes. Last year, if you remember, about a year ago at this time, Ron DeSantis passed a law down there in Florida saying that you can't teach sex ed to kids who are under fourth grade. He passed that law because teachers in Florida, and they're doing this all over the country, they were trying to use sexual education on elementary school kids to indoctrinate them into LGBT ideology. Okay, that was Ron DeSantis in Florida. He was putting a stop to that, at least for grade four and below. It was it was like. The media called it the don't say gay bill. That was not a, a correct characterization of that. But anyway, he passed a law putting a stop to that for young children. That was Ron DeSantis. Meanwhile, here's what Trump said a few months ago. We are fighting for the gay community and we are fighting and fighting hard. With the help of many of the people here tonight in recent years, our movement has taken incredible strides. The strides you've made here is incredible. This is Trump talking to the gay community, wherever he was making this speech, saying, we have made great strides. Our movement. What movement? He considers himself one of the LGBT allies, okay? Which, that's what you got to reckon with if you're a Trump voter, okay? That you're supporting the guy who considers himself the LGBT ally. What do you want? Do you want the guy who's putting a stop to these sick freaks who are trying to teach sexual education to kindergartners? Are you are you siding with them and President Trump? Or are you going to side with the guy who's putting a stop to it and putting his money where his mouth is and passing laws that actually diminish that stuff? While you think about that, let's pause for a message from our president. Her name is Amelia. She wants to know where my granddaughters are. One granddaughter lives in in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia. One granddaughter lives in New York. One granddaughter lives in Washington. One granddaughter lives in Wilmington, Delaware. 
and the other grandsons, uh, my, my grandson lives in California. Did I left somebody out, didn't I? Anyway, Philadelphia, Wilmington, and I did say five. You're right. So let me see. I got one in New York, two in Philadelphia. There's a three. No, three, because I got one granddaughter who is, I don't know. You're confusing me, but they're all around. And they're, I, my oldest granddaughter is named after one of my daughters who I, I lost in an accident a long time ago. And her name is Naomi. And then I have number two. I have a, a daughter who works in the environmental movement. And her name is Finnegan and named after my mom. And number three, my granddaughter, I call her my all-American girl. She was a, a great little athlete. And she's about to graduate from college in about two weeks. And, and her name, her name is, she's, every, the nickname we call her is Maisie. What was the last country you traveled to? The last country I've traveled, I'm thinking once was the last one I was in. I, I've, I've been to 89, I met with 89 heads of state so far. So uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um, I was, I, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ireland. That's where it was. How'd you know that? That was just downright painful, wasn't it? <laughs> there was this one time, if I can go to a side story, back when I worked in newspaper, I had to write about a couple that was celebrating their 75th wedding anniversary. This couple was like very, 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 very old. Okay, you know, mid-90s because it's their 75th wedding anniversary. Amazingly, they still lived on their own. And I drove to their house. It was just kind of like out in the middle of nowhere. It took me forever to find it. And um, so I went to go in and interview them. The wife couldn't hear anything that I said. She just kind of sat there in silence. Uh, the husband did the talking. And, you know, it's just one of those things that he could barely get through two sentences without losing his train of thought. And, and I had a moment like this with him that, you know, with our president right there, I kept, I remember asking him how many kids that he had. And he said that they had five kids. And so I, I asked what their names were. And he says, he goes in like, well, there, there was Wendy and there was Greg and, uh, and Greg went to work for NASA building rockets. And uh, then there was Ralph. And then he just kind of trailed off and just sat there for, you know, sat there quietly for a long time. I was just kind of waiting for him to say the other two names. And then he just kind of like looks over at me and he just goes, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like he, like, wondering what I was sitting there quietly for. I said, well, I'm, I just waiting to hear uh, your other kids' names. And he's like, oh, I, I just told you. And, and I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay then. <laughs> so, that was like one of, that, that's a memory I always think about a lot from my days working in newspaper. It's kind of funny just because awkward moments, like they just crack me up. I'm just one of those people who gets uh, tickled at awkward moments. I guess I watched too much of The Office growing up and I think awkward is, is funny. But let me point out one more thing about that that Biden quote back there. So he said that he has six grandchildren, even he couldn't, if he couldn't remember them all. He did say six, okay? This is false. That is a false statement, guys. President Biden has seven that we know of, right? He refuses to acknowledge one of them because one of them is Hunter Biden's, I guess what you'd call illegitimate child. 
although the paternity has been proven to be one of Hunter Biden's kids. Uh, I believe this kid lives down in Arkansas. And uh, President Biden completely ignores this grandchild, even though it's been proven that he has a seventh grandchild. He will not acknowledge that the, that the grandchild exists. And, the, you know, they put up their stockings for all the grandkids up at the White House. He won't put one up for this kid. Biden lies. <laughs> he ignores the fact that he has a seventh grandchild. And the media never, ever calls him out on it. Now, guys, if we had an honest media, they would ask him about that sometime. Hey, sir, you said you have six grandchildren. Do you acknowledge that you actually have a seventh grandchild? If we had an honest media, they would ask him about that. If we had an honest media. Well, before I close down later, I do want to mention this here. If you want to get in touch with Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast, you can send us an email to fierybutpeaceful at gmail.com. And if you see some fake news, send it our way. Whoever gets it to us first can get some credit for it. If you want to stay in touch throughout the week, find us on Twitter at Fake News Weekly. And then if you like Bible studies, or if you just really dig the sound of my voice, I have another podcast. It's called Cross References. And it really has nothing to do with news or current. I mean, I do talk about current events on there sometimes because so much stuff does intersect with uh, biblical theology, I guess. But um, but anyway, if you want to check that out, I do consider it my main podcast, and I put new episodes of that one out on Mondays. So go check out Cross References on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get this podcast, you can also find my other one. Uh, let me talk about this story real quick. That uh, This is from Nikki Haley recently, and I was pretty disappointed with her. She tweeted out, uh, so as I mentioned, Ron DeSantis, he's, he, so one of the things he's been doing is having a fight with Disney. Um, because a lot of the junk that they've been putting in their programming. But also, Disney has gotten very political and is speaking out against um, Florida's laws, like like the one about not teaching sex ed to kindergartners. You know, Disney had a problem with that. And I think they want to teach some sex ed even on their children's shows. Uh, you know, we talked about that kind of stuff a lot in the previous program, if you'll go listen to it. And so, uh, anyway, um, if if you if you want to listen to that, it was it was about entertainment media, but I did an episode about that last time. And so, uh, anyway, Nikki Haley decides to join Trump in attacking Ron DeSantis uh, because he is going after Disney for this grooming of children that they're trying to do. And she tweets out, "Hey Disney, my home state will happily accept your seventy thousand jobs if you want to leave Florida. We've got great weather, great people. It's always a great day in South Carolina. We're not woke." but we're not sanctimonious about it either. So that's what Nikki Haley tweeted out. But, you know, going against Ron DeSantis, probably going for Trump to be his VP, <laughs> that she she's, she's using the sanctimonious term that Trump likes to stick on DeSantis. She says, well, South Carolina, we're not woke over there, but we're not sanctimonious about it either. So she's taking the same position Trump does, that if you are against the grooming of children, if you are against... Um, trying to teach kids, little kids about sex or try to carve them up with these transgender surgeries, if you're against all that, uh, then you're sanctimonious, apparently. So she's joining Trump on that. And and hey, that's probably a smart play for her politically um, because she doesn't have <laughs> much of a chance probably of winning the, the presidential primary next year. So that was probably a smart play that, that, and this is what a lot of us suspected from the beginning, that she really only entered the race to, to hopefully get picked up as a vice president candidate. 
And she's clearly sided with Trump on this, that she thinks he's going to be the guy. So she wants to be his VP candidate. It feels like, you know, the fix is already in as far as that's concerned. And so instead of attacking the front runner right now, which is President Trump, former President Trump, but we still call him President Trump. Anyway, um, instead of going after him, the front runner, she wants to attack to the side at Ron DeSantis. And so that, hey, that might be smart for her politically. But for me, I hate to even point this out because I was defending her on this podcast uh, a few months ago. There were some attacks that were levied against her that I really didn't think were fair. I mean, I guess I still don't think those attacks were, were fair, but I did say this a few months ago. I said the one issue where I do have a big disagreement with Nikki Haley is in her willingness to use preferred pronouns for transgender people, uh, people like Bruce Jenner, you know, wanting to, re- to refer to Bruce Jenner as a female. She's she's willing and celebrates Caitlyn Jenner getting hired to Fox News, saying that you know we need her voice in the conservative movement, which is ludicrous. That was my big problem with Nikki Haley. And so when I see this stupid attack from her against Ron DeSantis, that just, again, it kind of like Trump, it makes me not want to vote for her ever, not just in the primary. It makes me hard to consider pulling the lever for her in the general election too. Because I look at that, I'm like, well, I guess you've picked your lane. I guess you've, and it's the same lane as Trump, that this transgender thing is not a fight that they are wanting to have. She doesn't want to fight the transgender thing. Trump doesn't want to fight the transgender thing. They want to go right along with it. And so Trump has already come out and defended Disney against Ron DeSantis's attacks. And just want you to ask yourself, if you think Trump is a, is a good candidate for president, let me just ask you, if you think he's a good Republican or a good conservative example, why does Trump like to go out and defend Disney against Ron DeSantis's attacks? Is that because Trump is pro-transgender? Is that because he hates DeSantis so much that he'll support these woke policies just to attack DeSantis? And either way that that is, is one of those any better than the other? I think those are questions that you need to ask yourself that you need to weigh as the primary season heats up. Uh, And some closing thoughts today. Um, There's this scene in the movie uh, Hell or High Water. This is an incredible film. If you like good writing and if you like a a story about... um, about the, the, I guess what you'd call the forgotten man in America. It's about some, some brothers down in Texas trying to keep the bank from taking the family farm. And so they turn to a, a life of crime to, uh, to try to save their, their family farm. And um, it, it's, it's a very, uh, you know, it's almost kind of like a Breaking Bad type of story uh, about someone who perform, before was good, but they have to turn, they have to do bad things to try to protect their family. Um and and one of the things about this 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 show is uh, the about or it's it's a movie actually. But and one of the things about this movie is the writing. The writing is just spectacular. One of the most one of the best written films I've ever seen. I'm not kidding. So if you haven't seen Hell in High Water, go check that out. But anyway, uh, there there's a part where they're that what they do is they steal the money from the banks and they take it to the casinos to try to turn it into chips so they can cash it out and make it untraceable. That's like part of their <laughs> their whole scheme of of um, money laundering, I guess, after they steal from the banks. And uh, anyway, um, the, this Native American guy comes up and starts speaking to one of the brothers. And I want to play a clip from that right here. You Comanche. Lords of the Plains. Lords of nothing now. I call 
Show your cards, gentlemen. Do you know what Comanche means? It means enemies forever. Enemies with who? Everyone. You know what that makes me? An enemy. No. It makes me a Comanche. This was an incredible movie because this was a movie that focused on the plight of um, those in middle America. The, the forgotten man that Trump came out there for that propelled him to win the presidency in 2016 because he stood up for these people and said, hey, you know, these are the common man. Uh, the guys out here in middle America in Appalachia, you know, you, you, you are forgotten. The media doesn't care about you. Hollywood doesn't make movies about you. That, that's why this one stood out so much. It was a real exception um, Hollywood doesn't make movies about these people and their needs and, and what's going on with them. And, and Trump stood up for those people and said, Hey, I'm your guy. I will fight for you. And this is what made him so popular among I, what you might say, the working class, um, back in 2016. And you know, it's popularity that still carries him forward today, even though I'm begging you guys to, to, to consider letting someone else fight for you. But anyway, I was thinking about this scene. Uh, I was thinking about that line this past week. I was thinking DeSantis is a Comanche because he is the guy out there who is making an enemy of everyone, an enemy of Democrats, an enemy of the media, an enemy of Nikki Haley, and an enemy of Donald Trump. And now Ron DeSantis has made himself an enemy of anyone who wants to let the transgenders have your kids. And if that's how you feel, you're welcome to join them. Okay, but here's what I would throw out there, guys. If you want to fight against all those perverts, let's not go with Trump a second time around. First of all, as I said, he won't win. The math just isn't there. Show me the math if you disagree. Show me what you think would happen in, a, in another um, electoral college turnout. Tell me what you think would happen. Two, Trump seems to agree with all those sick freaks that a man can become a woman. Or at least agree with them to the point he's willing to team up with them if it means destroying an actual effective Republican like Ron DeSantis. So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not supporting Trump or any Republican who will not fight back against this transgender nonsense. And that applies to the primary and it applies to the general election. I'm not going to make it lesser of two evils choice. If you support transgenderism, you are not in any sense the lesser evil. You're just evil and you're not getting my vote. The enemy of my enemy is not my friend. The enemy of my enemy is still my enemy. And I'm going to do what's right, even if everyone goes against me, even if it makes everyone my enemy, even if it makes me a Comanche. Thanks for listening to Fake News, a fiery but mostly peaceful podcast. This has been Luke Taylor reminding you, if you hear Hillary Clinton blaming her election loss on fake news, that's just fake news. Fake news.